0: eligible items only exclusions apply see ebaymotors.com it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas the Christmas countdowns on at JCPenney through Saturday use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last minute gifts across the store like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon and save up to 50% on comfy stylish outerwear for the whole fam add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick we got your holiday JCPenney offers good on select items through 1224 exclusions apply see store or jcp.com for details Podcast contains mature language and adult discussions.
1: It's the Bong Cow Stampede, the Bong Cow Stampede. It's the Bong. Click this. One Oliver, Kevin Nash, back together now. Oh, God, I got my gear. I, I'm, uh, before this segment, I need hey, just two minutes.
2: I, I, I almost wore like a singlet just to kind of get in the mood, you know. Just.
1: Well, you know. can do the 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 Lawler gimmick. You can throw, yeah, them I could drop yeah. one down. That's it. All right. Yeah. Oh fantastic. Oh, we're back again. I guess we had nothing else to do, huh? No. What are you doing? Let's turn on the mics. I'm back. Uh, uh, still at number one. Wow. In the wrestling category, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, America. I'm not shocked. Five weeks in. I, I appreciate the love. People taking runs at us, though, but you know what? We're not letting go.
2: Got to give a shout out to Oz. Gotta give a shout out to Oz because Oz, who was, everybody knows Dorothy was from Kansas, uh, pulled out one last that last night. A little, uh, 60 40. No, we'll, we'll go ahead and keep, uh, women's rights in Kansas.
1: Is this a novel idea that we should have people vote on major policy change? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, can you imagine that that's basically
2: the numbers that come across nationwide on, on who's pro-choice and who's pro-life. It's a 60, is about a 60-40 split.
1: It just shows you, man.
2: We, could you, we, could you imagine if they did this on assault weapons? If they did this on tax loopholes? Um, if they just did this on everything. And the thing is, you know, we, we can as a country. It's real simple. You find out what platform your politicians are running on, and if it doesn't coincide with the fact that they want the, we the people to vote on uh, topics that are important to our civil liberties and civil rights and just our personal rights as Americans, you vote them the
1: fuck out, and you put somebody in that does so well, in theory that that's that would be fine, but you know what we this the the middleman that is our representatives right listen. Congress can still vote whether we declare war. There are things we need on a national yeah. level that can be, that, that, you know, Congress people don't have to lose their jobs, but they don't want to relinquish that control to the people. Imagine, imagine that we get to vote, not just for our elected officials. We have local issues we vote for on the ballot all the time in our, in our, in our counties. Why can't we go state? Why we did it with uh, what do we do with marijuana in New Jersey? Um, I just think that we should it should be it should be national policy.
2: Let me ask you a question that- was your when when marijuana passed in Florida, it had to it wasn't uh, a fifty one percent we had to get a sixty percent uh vote in order for us to get medical marijuana why
1: Because we're fucking Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I mean, it's just like. But that's not what they do for, for, for everything on the ballot.
2: No, just, just marijuana. Just marijuana. Thought, yeah. I'm thinking like, hey, motherfucker, who do you think's going to those early bird fucking dinners? It's fucking, it's, it's the crew ahead of me that had the zigzag man fucking tattooed in their forearm. Like, didn't think that one out. Yeah. Hot shit though. Yeah. Kansas. And you know, it, it, the thing is, is it, it's, um, I think it's a, it's a showing of the overreach that the Republican party is, 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 is done. Last time they did this is with Gingrich in, uh, in 98, and they had the same, the same thing. They, instead of taking the House and the Senate, I think they, I think they kept the, I think the Democrats kept the Senate and lost the House, but it's just because, you know, they're, they're, when you go too extreme on things, like on the abortion issue, you, when it's cut and dry, even people that were absolutely one hundred percent pro life do not believe that. In, in the case with a ten-year-old girl that was that was raped, uh, and and she wasn't allowed. There's there's women right now there that, that have a, a child in them that no longer has
1: a heartbeat. The eptopic pregnancies too, which uh, yes. if it continues to grow outside, it, it will kill yes. the woman. So. These are things that the knee jerk did not think about, and the more no. it's talked about, and the more cases that we unfortunately you're going to see that, end tragically, there's going to be rollback. I, I have faith that there will be anyway.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, it was actually last night for me. And I didn't go. To, I wouldn't go to bed until the, uh, till there was a final on that that I knew that it, that was going to be uh, a win. For, Clearly,
1: uh, I got texted at about two. <laughs>
2: well, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, in, in, when you're 63 years old, just one fucking victory, you know? I'll, Listen. I'll take it. I'll take it.
1: There was great feedback from last week's episode about Vince McMahon. I think people liked how we handled it. James Roberts said for a few mil. Vince could have hired a high-class escort, waiting for him 24-7 for years. Instead, he gets a WWE employee. That shows how much of a workaholic Vince really is. (laughs) Justin French, wait just a goddamn second. No bunkhouse? Hashtag disappointment. Well, you just wait, Justin. Beverly D. Russell, OMG, validated on old phone issues. New phone arrives tomorrow. Mine was six years old, dying, no charge, fear of losing my last message from my mom. Anyone who doesn't remember, I asked Nash, what are the things that make you feel old? And one of the ones I brought up, because I'm guilty, is f- being afraid to get a new phone because you fear you're going to like lose everything on the phone, the data, everything. So Beverly's with you, with us. I just
2: don't have the fucking the time to, in my life to just sit and learn to... You know, like it's like, why? What? what do I have to learn and like? Everyone has an Apple phone. Yeah, and when they bring a new fucking Apple phone out, what do they do? Oh, the old charger doesn't fucking doesn't doesn't fit it, so you got to go out and spend another forty fucking beans. Yeah, get sucked into fucking that whole shit. Well, then. like and,
1: Android's not going to do the same shit. No, I, I, you go you go up to fucking
2: Sitco and buy a, a USB port for a fucking Android. Three ninety nine. While you while you're fucking getting you a nice twenty four ounce fucking Modelo,
1: Matthew Yazel, this is a great start. Gluten, gluten free. My day, <laughs> Alo- along with my decaf coffee and edible CBD gummies with ten grams of THC. I actually wrote CBC. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's the brand. You're gonna have to grab your Nash. What, what are they? Uh, Powered mom. Jackknife.
2: Jackknife. We don't have any edibles yet. We
1: just, we, we're starting with flour first. Yes. Okay. What, what's the reason? Are they harder to manufacture, the gummies? I prefer the uh, gummies. I mean, I, I think that it's, uh, the market there is, um,
2: and I know this, that they had to work on this strain for a while because they wanted a certain flavor and everything else. So I think what you want to do is you want to get the, uh, the flour perfected first and then everything, is manufactured from the flower.
1: Interesting. I'm being schooled here. Love yeah. it. Thunder Warrior, pure gold every single week. Great podcast, guys. And it's fantastic to see you in the number one position here in the UK. Thank you, Thunder Warrior. And thank you, UK, man. Thank you for uh, for accepting us into your lives. Late adopters, but, but, uh, but they invited us. I've
2: always, I've, I've always loved it over there. It wasn't so damn expensive. Cost of living, you mean? Oh, God, man. I'd love to. I think London is so fucking chill.
1: John Bourguon. Nash putting over mainstream media outlets like CNN and MSNBC is disappointing. He doesn't know as much as he thinks he does. If you want real news, you have to dig into independent journalism. Hmm. Where would that be? I mean, BBC. I listen to BBC sometimes. I think... um and
2: I don't know if, if he realizes this, but when he says CNN, um, there's another uh, cable news network called Fox News. And I guess that that doesn't count as um, legitimate news because he didn't bring them up, though I know that he probably watches them 24-7 and actually knows who the fucking pillow guy's name is.
1: So... uh <laughs> You know, okay. the the thing when I always hear, listen, there's spin on there's spin on CNN. There's some spin on MSNBC, but there's a difference. I, I really do believe there's a difference, and I don't think it's apples to apples when people talk about Fox News and put them on the same level as I have seen the New York Times and CNN be as critical of the Biden administration when, when there are times that they, that there are, uh, items pr- to bring up to question, um, as the other side, now the other side gets a little ridiculous. I mean, Fox News is just ridiculous. Well, we're not going to pretend that that's, that's straight journalism, right? I mean, and I'm not talking about the opinion people either. I'm not talking about Tucker because you got Tucker, but then you had, uh, you know, Chris Cuomo and Rachel Maddow, and I guess Cuomo's gone, but Rachel Maddow, and, but I'm just talking about news desk news. Right. I've seen critical stories of the, of the Biden industry. You never saw that shit. No. Of Trump on Fox. Now maybe there's a little split in the marriage. But yeah, is there spin? Sure. There's, there's liberal spin. But when they go all oh, the liberal media, they're quick to criticize when there's a problem. I've seen it Well, it's I, cool. I also think that people, you
2: know, the guy says, you know, Nash, you're not, you're not it's like, number one, I'm am smart enough to realize I'm wa- I'm watching a fucking television show. Okay? I'm not watching the news. I'm watching a produced television show. Its job is to get ratings so they can sell advertising, just like every other fucking show. You have to serve their base. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mean, what I don't fucking take every like as far as I'm concerned, what Pelosi did yesterday by you know, our our president says you know, right now it's not a good time for you to make a fucking stop in Taiwan. So fucking, you know, what does Carol Burnett do? Well, I'll just show up anyway. And uh, you know, it's just like if you're going to send somebody, send the Secretary of Defense.
1: What the fuck is Nancy Pelosi going to do? She wanted to go. She did. She, she was wanted- at Tiananmen Square ninety one, she- and, she- and this <sighs> is like a, a a thumbing her nose. At, at China. She's got a hard-on. She's trying to fucking
2: swerve us on her husband's DUI. Well, There's other the way she could do it? You yeah, know, like, stay the fuck where you're supposed to when the president tells you to. You're third in line. That's all we, that's, that's what we need is China to get pissed off. I don't think people realize how close Taiwan is to China. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, it's artillery round. Away from it's like fuck, and ninety percent of the chips are made there. And we just had this little chip fucking uh, hiccup uh, on the supply chain. And, and and you know, my sister was trying to get a new Bronco, and she had to wait fucking like thirteen fucking months.
1: Oh my god, I was getting a car too, and coming out of out of um, out of COVID, they'd all switch to manufacturing chips for home computers naturally because everyone was working from home. So the car companies weren't getting shit. So they were backlogged on production, but anyway, it, her, we were the, getting her, we were getting calls for our Mercedes at like
2: twenty thousand dollars above what we paid for it, and we're like, well, we can't fucking get another Mercedes. We can't get an. I'm looking at S classes, and they're fucking through the roof. I'm like, well, we're not going to be able to find one to replace it. So I know. had to leave.
1: I had to leave the family. I, I told my my uh, my salesperson. I said, dude. I said, I'm. I, I'm not, I, I'm not waiting. for, You know, my lease is up. I'm, I'm not waiting five months. He goes on the computer. He's like, I could have one made for you by at the time it was like April, and then the sticker he gave me was like about a thirty percent increase over what I was paying for the same model Mercedes. Yeah. I said I gotta go, bro. They, they, they literally didn't have the cars. They, he said all the salespeople had. That's like that fucking. Room. Remember when the, when the fucking Miata came out? Mazda Miata.
2: Yeah, the Mazamiata and motherfuckers were paying like 75k for this fucking shit, this piece of shit, because it was like, you know, it was the hot ticket. The hot car. Yeah. And now fucking, you look at those things. It's, they give you, if you come pick it up, they give you
1: a grand. I can see the tweets right now. The, oh, they're complaining they couldn't, they were going to have to pay more for the next Mercedes. Oh.
2: Yeah, because you know what? When I was, when I, when, when I, uh, when I, I left the military and played ball and tore my knee up and I came back and I worked on the assembly line and, uh, had a couple surgeries and I couldn't stay work, to work on the assembly line. So I started working at the strip joint and worked a hundred hour weeks at the strip joint. Then went to down to Atlanta, worked a hundred hour weeks at the strip joints down there to put my wife through school, uh, living in fucking apartments. A lot of times fucking in the hood. And, uh, but I don't understand, I don't understand the middleman. when you grow up in a palatial 800 square foot fucking home, <laughs> I mean, you know, fuck you, fuck you man i I, I, I am richy, fucking rich. I never inherited anything. I have to tell you. I left to college. I, I got a full fucking scholarship. I left with on a went to, in a trailways bus with two fucking duffel bags. A clothes. That was it. That's what the fuck I showed up with. Wasn't anybody thought that I was a trust fund baby? Get um, a get a get a fucking job. Work. Bust your fucking ass. Follow your dreams. Do. The, it, it, you know what? That's the whole thing. The American dream's still alive, motherfuckers. But guess what? You've been preconditioned with COVID. Did you get fucking checks out of nowhere? No, it doesn't work that way. You gotta fucking
1: work, motherfuckers. Get a job. We are single handedly representing the right today. I have to say. We're yes. gonna get such representation on the on all those boards, all the guys that sleep with their guns. It just shows you you can have some independent thought, guys. Yeah. You can feel this way about this and you can feel that way about that. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying.
2: Yeah. But you know what? I actually, I, I, I was watching the news today and they were talking to a a Republican senator and he has went across the aisle four times this year. And he's also on Monday. He's going to, he's, he signed off on the, on the burn act, uh, that thank you, John Stewart for fucking, I think John Stewart should think about being a politician. He, that motherfucker gets shit done. I mean, he's just, you know, they go to Mansion last night and he's like, you know, well, you know, I've been talking to her and we've been sending notes back and forth. Isn't the fucking bitch in the same goddamn building with you? You can't walk down there and fucking work shit out and make sure that we got this this uh green bill passed. Like, I'm I'm sorry, but you show me why the let me let me ask you something, Oliver. You show me why the fuck Eastern Kentucky is fucking flooding. Huh?
1: Why Eastern Kentucky's flooding.
2: Why is Eastern Kentucky flooding? There's th- there's no fucking river there.
1: It's the sewage systems.
2: Nah, It's Selected Viet Cong. It's a, it's a Vietnamese. We're still in Nam. Send out your dogs. How many <laughs> dogs you got? got? Got one million dogs. I
1: live in the Baja. I was the governor of Minnesota. Marl Ashworth got to be said. Sean's cornet impression was fucking nailed on. Beautiful. Got to ask Kev his opinion on Scientology given his experiences working with Cruz and Travolta, some next level controversy. Yeah, I guess you didn't have the time to talk about that with uh with no. Travolta, did you? No, I was very clear about that whole thing. No pun intended. Um, you know I read Dianetics. Did you read Dianetics? Y- yes. When I was in college, I was pretty fascinated by the concept of the study of the mind. So, and and in and of itself, as a work not connected to anything, very interesting conceptually. Right. Then you hear all this shit that it's all about aliens, man. You get oh, to dude, the end and it's
2: aliens. Have you ever seen the piece that Bill Burr does on Scientology? No. He's like fucking. L. Ron Hubbard is like he's like he's in tennis shoes. We have tennis shoes. This guy was around in the fifties and sixties. What the how the fuck? You know? The best one ever is the guy that was when they did that that I think it was an HBO special called Clear. And it's going, guy, going it, clear. Going yeah, clear. And yeah. it's a guy that talks like this, it's on Chicago police. You know what I'm talking about? No. He's a, he's like the star of Chicago police. You know what he talks. He's got a real, real fucking, blah, 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 blah. oh, he's an actor. Yeah, he's, he's an actor. A, he's a cop. Oh, no, no, he's really, he's on that fucking, when they had that whole, you know, sh- Chicago fire, Chicago police, Chicago proctologist, that whole fucking series, the whatever, series. whatever day it runs. But, um, so he's like, he's like a half a million in on the Scientology fucking Ponzi scheme. And they come up to him and they go, and by the way, this is, uh, You've now whatever whatever level they decide to fucking tell you, like you stupid fuck. <laughs> it's all about you know, aliens, this and this and that, and then he just went. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. After they spent
1: like a hundred thousand dollars on all he the spent,
2: courses. he said he was like five hundred in. Oh my god, a half a mil in man, and they fucking. But at the same time, it's just like you see somebody like Cruise, man, and it's just like he doesn't age and he fucking he's still fucking rocking. I mean.
1: Listen to the deal on Spotify.
2: I'm just saying that if he was caught in a reptilian form somehow guarding the president, I would not second guess it. Okay
1: <laughs> You know, we were in Nashville this weekend. Yes, for um, for our live click this. Yes. Uh, there also happened to be a big card of wrestling. StarCast 5. And uh, Ric Flair had his last match. Of course, before we get to that, though, because I guess we have to cover it. Everyone covers it, so we have to cover it. It's, it's everybody's like topic. So we'll talk about it. But I wanted to make an observation from spending more time with you. I see fans approach you, and I've learned that there's three classes of fans. Okay. The first is too much. The second is too little. And then the third is just enough. And I saw all three one night at your hotel bar. Okay. We're sitting down, hanging out. A guy comes over, bombed three times with his giant mug of beer. Bischoff gets up for two seconds to take a piss or to go pay a tab or something. The guy sits down, pulls up a chair. Well, I have notes out. We're having a, we're having a meeting. And he just, I don't know what he was talking to you about, but he just started. That would be the too much, right? Too much. I just asked him, dude. I said, man,
2: we're in the middle of working on something. I said, you, like, you're not, you weren't invited. Oh, oh, well, my bad. He wasn't a dick about it. He was just
1: bombed. It was just too much. Yeah. Too much come over, you say you're peacing more. Now then, there's the too little. Here's the too little. A guy came over and called you Rick Nash. Okay, right. That's knowing a little too little uh about the celebrity you're about to. Maybe maybe get the fucking name. He doesn't have to know your title reigns. He doesn't have to know all the gimmicks you did. At least call me Don't Steve. Call you a, a hockey I, I, player. Steve Nash, maybe. Steve Nash,
2: at least. I mean, you know, but, but Rick was a great player. I remember one time when I was on a, I was on a plane. I was sitting bulkhead aisle and there was a guy sitting, a uh, bulkhead window with me, bigger guy. And I, I couldn't, I, I, he looked, you know, familiar. And, um, as the people are getting on the plane, like they're reaching across and shaking his hand and they're all fucking suits. And they're saying, Rick, Rick, Rick. And I say, nice to you, Rick. And I, I said, I said, and I heard one of the guys say, he said, Hey, how you doing, Nash? And I knew he wasn't talking to me. I said, he got called Rick enough. I'm like, holy fuck. Like I said, so I finally, you know, they, they shut the plane up and everything else. I look over at him. I said, did you ever think in your life that Kevin Nash and Rick Nash would be sitting next to each other and Steve Nash would be nowhere in sight? Right. Because yeah. like that's what I always get. I always get. Are
1: you Steve Nash? I'm like, no, he's six. He's a six foot four Canadian point guard. So, but that's you know what I'm talking about, right? That's that's the that's, that's the too I don't little. Care.
2: I, I don't care. That's great. I, I would just assume. I mean, that's fine. He, he they know they, I, I, whatever. It, it, I don't I, I I don't lose any sleep over that guy.
1: But here's the just enough. Here's the just enough. A guy, a rather larger fellow, came over. Put a beer down for you, so I wanted to buy you a drink. Just want to thank you. You got me through a lot of tough times as a kid. Shook your hand, handed you a beer, walked away. That's perfect, right? That's just enough. And then he
2: was in my line the next day, and he got an autograph for me. And I, you know, I got a chance, you know, because I would already, you know, met him the night before. Then I made sure that I spent extra time with him. And they were trying to push my line. But, you know, just like that, that guy is, he is a, he's a fan. Um, and I hate to use the word fan because I admire people's work. Well, he wasn't a it rat. Dis- yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it doesn't, it dis- I mean, it, fan is like just somebody that admires or respects what you've done in life. You know, I, I, I think f- like, a th- like this, you know, the flight attendant, uh, when I was flying home. The other day, he said uh, our pilot is fanboying, fanboying out that you're on his flight, and I was just like, "All right, just make sure he lands this bitch." Just you know?
1: <laughs> say, "Keep your fucking eyes <laughs> yeah. on the controls, motherfucker." I mean, what
2: does that mean? Is he? that I mean, is he got his hands on his joystick? Is he fucking like, what's
1: going on up there? You know, so but I don't know. Steve was saying, "Would you prefer maybe admirer, follower? What's what's the proper term?" Um,
2: uh, I always like, like, the NWO people that, that show up in, 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 in my line, they have, like, the, the logo on and shit like that. Like, that's, like, the familia. Like, that's my family. Like, those, those people, you know, those are my, they're not fans. They're, like, part of the NWO movement. So.
1: Part of the clan. Yeah. Members. Members.
2: Yeah. So Brothers. Yeah. Stand back and stand by. <laughs> I can
1: stand by <laughs> so um you know <clears throat> let's talk colonoscopies, all right, because at right. one moment you turned to me this weekend, and you i I don't even remember the context in which it came up, but we were sitting at the bar. A Longhorns, I believe. And no, you it,
2: said that you 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 couldn't you, you could you had to watch your consumption of red meat. Oh, I because, did. Right, because yeah. right.
1: that's right. I brought it up. I said that diverticulitis. I got. I was in the hospital this year. I never had to watch my diet, so I have to be aware of what's on my. And you gave me a picture of this stuff. What is that stuff called that turns to like clay inside you? And there are photo. Okay, there's the gimmick. It's um that's the one brand, but there's there others make them and. It, if that's the one. I, that's a,
2: that's the one I take. I take three capsules of that every day, and I mean I could easily if there was like a a, a web page that was like you know log this and it was just fucking people's first deuce in the morning on just girth and length. I mean I I shit a Viking ship every morning. That motherfuckers. I mean it's a, top of it's out of the water. I mean it's it's a fucking it's. Beautiful.
1: You're on land, so you go well. You go in the hole and then on to land. On to land, yeah. Sometimes so,
2: sometimes in hotel rooms I've had to take a fucking coat uh, coat uh, hanger and, break and, it cut, up. and cut that fucker, yeah, chop it up like a banana so that fucker goes down.
1: Right. You wonder what famous guys do in the hotel rooms after That's, they sign your autographs all day. He's slicing shit. And then I'm so OCD, I spend seven hours washing the hanger because I know somebody else
2: is going to have to touch that motherfucker.
1: Just throw it out.
2: Now, it's like, let me ask you a question. Am I the only person on earth that fucking the only time they really i mean to the point of the you know like those hotel fucking washcloths after you get done with your body and you go to the fucking you you go to the fucking the tunnel of turds I mean ugh. and then then you pull the you know they pull the, the 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 thing out and you look at it and you're like you're thinking like yeah I, I wiped I, I wipe until there's nothing showing. And then, but how, like, how it, am I getting this, this soap and water up there and getting, you know, it looks like I'm, you know, like I've never washed my ass in my life. And then you've got, then again, you're not going to leave that motherfucker for the maid if you're a human being. So now you've got to get the soap. And fucking hand wash the tar, the tar stain off that motherfucker. So, so you're it's talking like,
1: about washing the washcloth after you yes, wash yourself? Well, you have
2: to because I'm not. I, I have more respect for that, you know, because God forbids. I'm a rich white motherfucker, and I I don't get it. But that lady that's cleaning my room, I mean, that's not probably the best job on earth. And me leaving a fucking shit rag. In the in the shower in the corner, wadded up like they're not going
1: to. It's like no, I well, fucking. Well, after I, I, you after you have the chambermaid clean the the uh, grill of your Mercedes with a toothbrush, when she goes up and does your rags, they throw them in a bag. They throw them in a giant bag and, and drag them out of your room. She doesn't you know, lick the fucking thing.
2: I don't want. Her, I don't even want her to have to fucking like at any time in, in her life have to think. That, you know, that, that fucking giant dude that walked out of that room did this to me. Like, that he had no respect. Mm. It's like when somebody rips one in an elevator and there's two people.
1: That's different. I mean, it's like, motherfucker, man. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you can hold it for two minutes till you get to your floor, but you got to wash your ass in the hotel. For well, six even six. if, you, if you do, if you do
2: fucking think you're going to be able to sneak one by and it turns into one of those fucking sulfur farts. You know, all you to say is, yeah, my bad, man. I had a toaster waffle this morning. Those motherfuckers will give you a fucking sulfur fart and a heartbeat.
1: But the, if you can ever find, uh, people out there, what is this called? Uh, th- th- this colon thing that turns to like that clay. Cause it's not shit that only comes out. It is this, this clay. It gets, it it, 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 what it actually
2: does, it's almost like having a colonic. It pulls, like when you have a colonic done, the proper one, and then you'll, you know, you'll defecate. And they'll you know they'll sit there and and suck the you know as they suck the feces out of you with a tube and they're sending water up your colon.
1: Who's having breakfast?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm having chili for dinner, and then uh, but then uh, when like the next day like you'll pass and it's almost like a like a a, a mucus that you, your body passes that that's been on your intestines that whole time. That's why you're not absorbing your your vitamins and your minerals, your protein. So that's, you know, you gotta keep your, your, you gotta, I mean, the number one thing for actually that I think for health is, is probiotics. You know, they say that you're, you know, like the flora in your body, like if, if, if your flora is, uh, is destroyed in your, in your mouth, like it'll eat your gums, like, the, the, uh, if you have to really keep your your probiotic and flora and the,
1: so the good- probiotics, which are the is the the healthy bacteria, right? Correct. That uh, you, one might find in yogurts and and other foods, You can get a probiotic pill, which has like or like three million IU's, right? Of of this probiotic, which will but a lot of that. A
2: lot of that is by the time it gets through your uh, stomach enzymes, is fu- it's
1: fucked, right? But this stuff, this, this colon thing, it turns to like this clay. And there are pictures of people proudly standing at the bowl holding up what looks like like a, like a kindergarten class project, this this gigantic ivory colored clay formation which just came out of their bodies.
2: In some cultures they actually use those as pinatas.
1: What comes out of it though? Yes, yesterday's taco. Corn exactly For salad <laughs> did you ever hear of the enema I read this somewhere Steve while I'm talking get it up so that I can prove it's true there's a, there's an enema that you can get where you choose the song you would like shot up your ass with the water I don't know if if, if it's the certain pulsing of the song or if something spiritual about it I because actually
2: had that done you did not yeah to Barry Manilow's Copacabana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one Night in East Village. Well, that's what you, you could go there. What songs would you get? Like Brown Eyed Girl, maybe. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Choose, uh, the nice. End, if you're a Doris fan, The End. Yep. Uh, you Better Run. Yeah. Pat Benatar. In and Out of Love, if you're a Bon Jovi fan. Running on Empty. I mean, we could go on all day, but it's right, a... Is it's that a a, Jackson Brown, right? That was Jackson Brown. No pun intended. Uh... But the, yeah, it's uh, it's some kind. I don't know what it's called. But you choose the song, and they shoot the song up your ass with the water. For for, for Christ's sake, you ever have you ever have a you've done the colonoscopy right? You're you're 63. You, you
2: have had, yeah. Yeah, I'm due. I'm due to get another one.
1: Maybe we could do a live uh, broadcast that day. We'll we'll go to the doctor's office, set up the mics. Hey, um, Tristan, are you there? Remote show. Um, when whenever uh, Dad books the doctor, we're going. Um. But uh, did you ever do that? You, now, now you did the, the the real one where they go up, right? Because they have that Cola guard one now where you can just shit in a box. Yeah, shit in a box. I heard that it's, it's there's like a unbelievable like a twenty uh,
2: percent uh, percent that it, it's like a you get a false negative or a false. Uh, po- like, to me, it's just like you know what twenty percent twenty percent and fucking dying. Uh, I think I'll just go ahead and. and, and you know, and and the barium that, like, all that mixture and shit is completely changed than the, the last time I did it. Cause, you know, the what the one, the one horrible thing about being a Nash is, like, besides my brother, there wasn't a Nash that made fucking 50 years old. Hmm. Uncles, like, everybody fucking, you know, it was like uh, Rambo when they fucking, you know, Nash dead, Rambo, Nash dead. They're all dead, sir.
1: So, so you had to go. You were high risk for everything. So you had yeah, to get all so the stuff. Yeah, man. but you know, so
2: so now my brother's a couple of years older than me. You know, he he's like my go to guy. Like you know, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, how's this? How's that? You got it? because he's it, man. My brother's my. It's like him and me are the, you know, the only ones that that, that hit sixty, let alone you know,
1: mm. beyond. I was just hoping that there'd be a less invasive way than going in you
2: know, and they, 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 the thing is too is you hear all these like, horror stories about people that have fucking they perforate their fucking colon and they get fucking septic and you know so it's from just a like, colonoscopy yeah you oh. they're fucking around you
1: fucking pull a polyp and next thing you know fucking Jed's a millionaire I thought you meant uh, I thought you meant from uh, in, insertions you know there are those famous stories like uh, lab techs will talk about the most famous things, the, the, the most uh, strange thing. If like, I was a
2: lab tech, I would, I, would, I would just, as a joke, use like a 17-inch double-dong dildo and hit him with that first, and then just fucking say, like, yeah, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> psych. Yeah, psych. Now you're going to be fine for this next one. It'll be nothing.
1: Yeah, there's been newspaper articles about the things in hospitals and emergency rooms they pull from guys' rectums, dudes who are getting freaky and, like,
2: Remember that one jackass the guy put the matchbox up his ass. Right. They went in and took an X-ray and he guy had a matchbox car up his ass. The doctor's trying to
1: explain. Like, well, uh <laughs> that's because that shit happens. They got that idea yeah. from like the Remember
2: the 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 uh what's but the urban the urban legend of Richard Gear That they pulled a gerbil the gerbil, out, a gerbil yeah. out of his ass. That was an urban legend. You know, it's just like it's kind of like the summer of 92. Like somebody put up this Facebook thing and it's a picture of me, uh, like just kind of like looking like I just got done fucking, you know, buying some cardigans. And, uh, it's like, it's, it's like, uh, a public service uh, thing that well, I never thought it could happen to me. But, uh, in the summer of 92, I got, uh, raped and then, you know, and then I'll see sometimes people say, yeah, like that summer of 92. And, you know, I always tell people, people, you know, you, know, you can't rape the willing. Okay? Right. So. I know a girl that th- used to say th- that. Th- those one. guys, those guys just happened to fucking catch me in a frisky mood.
1: What is What is the genesis of the summer of 92? I've seen it, too. I see it in comments. They put it up there like everyone's supposed to know. Uh,
2: so it is. Uh, I think it's because uh there's a there's a, I mean it's a thing that I think was on Facebook and then it made it to a couple. I mean I, I've, I've I've seen it, you know, and it, I, I guess they think that that's going to make you go like, oh my god, it's like some guy the other day was saying I'm like, looking forward to watching Raw. The guy said it's a it's a it's a gay soap opera, and I said you say that like it's a bad thing. Like do people not get it that if you're not fucking like a, a fucked up human that if you love yourself, like you can, anybody can say anything and
1: it doesn't bother you. Most people are not that free. Most people are pretty. Okay.
2: I know. Most people are fucked up. And that's, I'm sorry. You know what? Summer 92 fucking, whatever.
1: I did see you and Patterson and Pritchard in a matching sweater at one time. You remember that It was photo? supposed
2: to be Ugly Sweater uh, Ugly Sweater Day, and we were like okay. the only three participants, right? Then again those those fucking those those sweaters were about fucking four bills at the
1: time. We were probably the only three that could <laughs> fucking afford it. All right, so you watched uh, Rick Flair's last match, right? You yes. didn't stay for Rick, nor did no, I. no, no, I did
2: not because I number one I, I knew that the, there wasn't like I, I and when I watched I went I went home and I watched it. And when I saw Taker and Mick and like the, with that, all the boys were in that area watching Rick's match. I was just like, "Oh, like I just did a, a nine to twelve signing, and then went on stage with you from uh, twelve thirty to one fifteen, one twenty, whatever." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was done. I was mm-hmm. done interacting for the day, and um, I also was—I uh, had a bad feeling. I had a bad feeling. I, I didn't, I didn't want to see it. I, I really, I, I love Rick to death. I, he's, uh, we, we, we've, we've been, to, I mean, I've known Rick for 30 plus years. And, um, it's so funny because I've spent so much time in the Caribbean and every island I go to has a Ric Flair story. If you go, if you like, if it's the Marriott, you go to, oh yeah, Ric Flair was here one time. He came in and he went up to his fucking room and there was a a wedding reception going on down by the pool. And he came down in his robe and his fucking, uh, his sandals. And he fucking had, uh, two, two helium balloons, uh, tied on his cock. And he came down and opened his robe and, and danced around the fucking, uh, the pool. Like that's like every, it's like every St. Martin, this place, this place, you know, it's like what, what, what? So it's just like,
0: all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
2: But there's only like, there's only one nature. Like when we used to fucking in, in, in uh my first run and the WWE, when we were going to go out and we'd all have our platinum cards and we'd be, we'd look at each other. Be, they'd be me, Sean and, and Scott. It was early, early in the run. we go, so fucking it tonight. Fuck yeah, Smith and Walensky's, boom out we'd go. We'd go to fucking scores. I mean, you know, drop some fucking drop some
1: you know, drop some coin, you know. When you become a verb, you've met you've you've arrived, yes. right? Yeah. When oh, you're natching it tonight.
2: Are we nating it? Yeah. Check How the about- ad check the adjective, nature.
1: Yeah. But um so, OK, so so naturally, you know, the guy's age and uh, he is a legend. And, you know, that that word gets bandied about a lot. And uh, WWE, a little bit to blame for that. Everybody that, you know, is, is of a certain age that agrees to sign on to do a doll is a legend. But I Rick's think a you, legend.
2: I, I think if you're for, you're from my era and you and you're alive right now, that makes you a legend. I mean, cause we lost like fucking 55 fucking guys. And that's not a joke.
1: No, it's, I it, mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's, you know, but there are guys like, that lived cleaner th- than others, but I'm just talking about the contribution to the business. There are some guys and gals, I guess, um, that are of a different level. They've been right. emulated by dozens, maybe hundreds of performers in promos and in the ring. And, uh, and, and it just doesn't come close. You may have a, a move named after you or you become a verb. Something happens where you become legendary status. And your fear was that you would see that tarnished or or Rick would just be in physical danger. You're saying.
2: Oh, yeah. I was I did not have a good feeling that, that you know, I, I didn't want to see something happen. In my I wanted to have the comfort of 550 miles between me and that arena. And, um, I just went through the, uh, uh, uh I'm not uh, in any way over Scott, nor, pro- nor will I ever be. And it was too soon for me to have to start to wrap my, my head around the fact that something could physically happen to my friend and I would fucking sit there and like, and be there. And it's like, I, I, I I got the nose up on this last one. I don't need to fucking. This next one's going to be Patsy Klein. Well, you know,
1: the, uh, there's been like, I've I've read and, and heard on other podcasts and pundits talk about the match. Okay. And Rick's performance. And the thing that's always lost in all of this discussion that I hear is, a separation of the event from the match. And they're two different things. Right. Doing something to honor Rick. And then the match. They are two different things. The event was large. Yes. It looked great. It looked great. I give the, the card was great. Uh, Jeff, great. And, but. Jay Lethal, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you remember in like 1992? I think it was. They it's released. Not the, we're not going to go back to the summer, are we? No, not the summer. <laughs> okay. This was spring. They uh, they released a uh, Frank Sinatra duets album.
2: Ah. And they put,
1: they put Frank with contemporaries, so it was like Frank with Bono, Frank with Luther Vandross, and nobody expected. Frank was eighty five at the time, or whatever. No one expected him to go note for note with bono but guess what everybody bought it everybody bought it because it's frank and bono yeah yeah. that's what Ric flair's last match was we could talk about the move set if you want to we could talk about some of some of the silliness which might have watered down the believability of the moment very cool to see doug dillinger there but to think that he's very cool enforcing any kind of security when karen's going after uh Megan and Dillinger's like a cigar store Indian just standing <laughs> between them. And, you know, Karen's like moving. I'm like, you should be here to block me. You know, we can talk right. about that stuff. But that's not it. No. It was Frank Sinatra's duets album. And you know what?
2: I, I, I was going through my Instagram and I, I read Jay uh, Lethal's. Uh, there was a picture that, that Jay posted of him kind of looking back at. The, I think he was looking back at the ring after the match. And... um you know, Jay's like, it, it, it was like, um, like Dallas Page is the world's most absolute f- Christmas motherfucker on earth. Dallas puts his lights up like April 7th and, t- <laughs> and takes them down like, you know, March 9th. <laughs> There's like th- three weeks are not Christmas at Dallas's place. And he, I mean, it's Griswold. I mean, it's, it, it, and I love it. it it's fucking, it's, it's special. So, uh, it would be the equivalent, um, of, of Dallas actually getting to ride on the sled Christmas night with fucking Santa. That's what being in the ring. W-
1: that's w- what Jay w- looked like.
2: W- no, that, yeah, that's, that's what kind of Jay, uh, kind of made reference to. Like, like this is a, a dream come true that I'm in the ring wrestling with fucking the nature boy. Mm-hmm. Our own
1: Dominic D'Angelo took that photo, by the way, uh, of which you reference. Nice, but that's—I mean—that's what I say to people. I say it was the event; it wasn't a match. No. It was an event.
2: Anybody that uh, even thinks that fucking Rick was going to go out there and, and and work like he did even 20 years ago, I, I, I guess people don't like. I love when people come up to me and they go, oh, "Man, you still look pretty jacked. I think you got one in you." <laughs> no. I don't. The fucking thought of my fucking rickety ass body hitting that fucking wood, like nah, man. Yeah. Not even for not even for fucking Saudi money. You come with me with a half a million bucks and tell me to take two bumps. Fuck you. What am I gonna do with that? Put put it. Let me let me put that in the bank with the rest of my fucking money. I don't spend.
1: Hmm. How much pay, you know?
2: Uh- I could buy some Czechoslovakian fucking art.
1: You could. You could. I hear there's the uh, conversion rate is very good on the Czechoslovakian money. Yeah,
2: well, the thing is, and like I said, I, I, I've really got a lot of followers now, and it's in all the coastal towns. <laughs> so, I, I might have to take my family on a on a coastal Czechoslovakian tour.
1: Maybe on one of those Viking ships. Well, let me tell you what it is time for now. It is time for the, uh, the stiff one of the week. Now, oh. listen, you, you spent the weekend at the Comic-Con. Then you did StarCast. right? You had the double shot, like five days. Right. Where fans, mostly overweight, uh, holding belts, get online. And, you know, the one thing in common about all those guys on that line and all the guys in the room. We could use a little more confidence sometimes. We could use a little more confidence when it comes time. Make sure it's gonna happen quick and dirty if it has to. And uh and guys, that's where blue comes in, let me tell you. Well,
2: if I, can I can I just chime in here that it's if, your fucking show. If they that? if they've got that belt on, you know, for proper for just apple absolute proper display, a little blue might be able to put a little uh kickstand action there to, to lay that bad boy on.
1: That's interesting. And, and by uh, if you tighten the belt a little bit, it, it can push. And actually, the visual, it would it would yes. much more, much yes. more erect. Almost like the Washington Monument. Especially if you can get your hands on that, that original WCW gold belt. That, that <sighs> I think Flair had that on uh, when he came to the ring. I don't know how he got it. I think it was Conrad's. But um, guys, confidence is going to take you far in life. Um, it could also help in the bedroom, uh, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. Let's say something happens, like you see Steve Kaufman pop up and, and and you're not sure if you can keep the erection. You just make sure that you have some of the Blue Chew product that they've shipped you available. Didn't, he didn't kill mine. Yeah, <laughs> Blue Chew. Well, you like Steve much more than I do. Blue Chew. Uh, it's a unique online service. They deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable chewable tablets and it's a fraction of the cost of the other big boys you can take them anytime day or night and uh, guess what you plan ahead take it with you you'll be ready whenever the opportunity arises the process is simple i want you to go sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days the best part it's all online no sitting in the doctor's office talking about it uh, no uh, dealing with the pharmacy standing there maybe they lost it they're gonna ask you about it no, no none of that stuff. you're gonna go online it's gonna come to you in days and guys it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be a deficiency on your part. This is just the guarantee. this is the insurance you're taking out on your on Spike down there that uh, that he'll be ready. Um, they're made in the USA prepared ship direct to your door in discreet packaging. Um, if you can benefit from a little extra confidence, um, then Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal, deal here. Nash would not do this unless he could insure every penis that's listening to this show right now. So you're going to try Blue Chew for free when you use promo code NASH at checkout. Just pay five bucks so they can ship it to you, okay? That's BlueChew.com, promo code NASH. Receive your first month free. Visit Chew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this stiff one of the week.
2: Reminds me of the movie Pumping Iron when Lou Frigno's standing there and his dad comes in and he says, You know, Louie, you know, he says, uh, I want you to hit the double by and turn this way, turn this way, and, you know, basically tell those people, you know, take a look at this. Like, take a look at this man right here. That is what you want. If you're just around, just say you're walking around that guy, walking around the house and you're, you know, spending, like a hotel and you got a lot of mirrors. A little blue chew,
1: just walk around, just admire. Absolutely. You, know? you don't even need to be closing the deal. If you just want to feel a little better. Ba- you know who I, who told me that? Um, oh God, give me a second. Teddy Long said that, um, he used to sell a little product backstage, not, uh, not courtesy of blue chew, one of the other ones. And, uh, of, uh, Mabel, Viscera. Used to buy them and used to take them in the locker room and just sit there while his cock got hard. I mean, the thing must have been like a stovepipe, but, um, just took him in the locker room hanging out with the boys. So listen, whatever you need. I wonder if he took him in the summer of 92. you would know. So here's know the I'm stiff, then. here's the stiff one of the week. Kev. Uh, this is, uh, our everyone's favorite warrior. The only person I know to have ever changed their name to Warrior, but uh, here's Warrior on the Click
2: way instead of staying in the ring.
0: How would the company change from the last time you were there? It hadn't really.
2: No. I mean, there was the Click going on between Nash and Hall and those guys, and those guys are scumbags. Right. I mean, they're they're just uh, you yeah. know the the kind of ribs and stuff that they would play and tearing people's stuff up. And there's always, they always got ulterior motives to destroy people instead of concentrating on what they have to offer and what they can do. They got to play both sides and try to, you know, damage other people's abilities from the backside.
1: Backside clearly a reference to the summer of 92. Were you guys ripping people's clothes up? I didn't, Think yeah. that was you guys? I heard like no. a lot of uh, dynamite would do shit like no. that, but
2: yeah, he when when he was asked what, what we did or whatever, he just kind of you know went. They were uh, on top of the card, having great matches, holding people back because they were on top. Because everyone knows that. Vince puts people on top that don't draw, and uh but no, nothing had changed except I was opening match. Did you get along with with Warrior? Could anyone get along with Warrior? He was a bit of an odd bird, you know. I, so I moved to Phoenix, and and I'm sorry, I'm not going to call him fucking Warrior. I'm going to call him Jim. <laughs> so. Uh, Jim has a gym and it's Warrior's gym. So I go there and he's got a, uh, a blazer, uh, and it's airbrushed. I mean, I mean, he put Jimmy Hart to shame airbrushed with Warrior's face on the fucking hood of it and everything else. And you're walking to the gym and it's corrugated steel with, you know, all kind of, it's kind of has this, it had a good atmosphere and uh i walked in and i bought two platinum uh memberships one for me and one for my wife didn't ask for a fucking uh, nothing free I, I i mean gave him you know close to a, a, a grand and this is probably 94.95 for a year's membership so i i would come in there on my days off and at, the, at that point it was you know, it was a lot more you know, than I than I had previously had. And um I would I would see his truck out there and I'd be like, oh fuck, let me just you know say hi to Jim. And I walk in there and believe it or not, at the front at the front desk, uh, the girl that worked there was her name was Dana. And um she taught aerobics and she was friends with my wife. They became friends who ended up being the warrior's wife who does okay, the yeah. you know the warrior award that's dana yeah so uh that's I guess she goes by Dana warrior now I um but uh anyway um he just like he he would just he would run and I would see him i'd be working out' he'd say, oh, he'll be out in the, he'll be out in the floor seeing you a little bit and I just see his truck take off He you know, like this back door he'd go out because he didn't want to so finally, one day I, I, I saw his truck and I looked in the gym and he was working out. He was doing uh, lateral raises. So I just fucking walked in behind him. I fucking stood behind him and I was a head taller than him. I said, we got a fucking problem. And he turned around. And he was like, no, no. I said, well, what the fuck, man? I said, we're the, I thought we're the boys. Like I, I didn't know the dude. I mean, I had this first fucking time in my life that I've seen this human being. And, uh. He uh, put like a two-page handwritten note on the. Uh, I had a, a, a Bronco at the time, which I still own. It's, it's, so I, I should say it, I had my Bronco in in uh, in Phoenix at that time. We, we lived in. We both lived in. He, I think he lived in Carefree. I was in North Scottsdale, but we lived within three or four miles from each other. And um, he put this like long note. How I was. I was. I, I, I was a warrior. Like he had, I he had approved. Oh, and you got
1: the, you got the, I got the, I got the fucking,
2: the nod of approval and he, 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 he rolled me two really fucking nice fucking blunts and, and, and put it on my, uh, in my, uh, the fucking windshield wiper. Hmm. So, and then he came in, uh, and he worked at that, that thing with Hogan. Uh, like when he came in at, at, at at the end, the only thing was, was, uh, you know, he beat, uh, he, he beat, uh, Triple H in like two seconds at WrestleMania, but I'd already give him my notice. I mean, I didn't have any, nobody, nobody, nobody said a word to that fucking guy. And, uh, cause he, and then Vince said, um, when I told him I was, I was definitely leaving and Vince and I were sitting down in Vince's office and Vince said, I want you to do three favors for me. I want you to put over Shawn Michaels at in your house, Omaha. I said, "Fuck yes." He said, "I want you to put take her over at WrestleMania." I said, "Anything for Mark." I said, "I know. I, I I worked with Mark in uh, Israel when he had broken ribs, and you know, and he was still doing the gimmick where he had to sit up all the time. He had this flak vest on to try to protect his ribs, and that motherfucker man just it was, you know. So anything for Mark. And then he said, and I want you to put over the warrior. And I said, I said, I'll do it on raw if he can take one on me. And he said, what do you mean? I said, in a shoot, if he can take one on me, I'll I'll do the fucking job. He said, "Well, all right, then how about just those two? (laughs) I said, yeah, cool.
1: So they were looking, they were looking to, to get some, some real traction. They were, they were going to go somewhere with Warrior that late.
2: Well, you know, they did this thing where he put out a comic book and they uh, put a comic book with every issue of uh, WWF at the time magazine. So you got the, and, and he, they that was a way that he charged them like two bucks a copy or whatever the fuck it was. So, I mean, he got, he got like a nice little uh, payday, you know, coming in the door.
1: Yeah,
2: you know. So, well, well, that well, he was I, much I, stiffer and, on you there the than what, you and, were on him.
1: Well, and the thing, you, is, you well, and
2: I, Scott were scumbags. Yeah. Well, he also. I mean, so then, then I I challenged him to a shoot fight on, on on Twitter, and it so it it gets to the point where, and I mean, I I, I swear to God, I was stoned, and I fucking typed like whatever it was back then 140 and i'm I'm stoned as fuck and i type it and i just send it out and i'm like ah what the fuck he comes back with like this edited there's like 33 edits in it he spent three fucking days of his life because i just told him like hey man we each put up 100 grand we'll just fucking get in the ring we just go winner takes all I need nine months to try. Oh, no, no, obviously, you don't respect them. Of- it just is, I'm just thinking to myself, so I'm watching this thing and I'm, I'm looking at all these edits and how many days it must have took for him to do this. Something like, Oh, wow, man. Like I didn't realize that like, you would give me that much real estate in your brain. So then it jumped forward and now it's, it's the hall of fame and he's going in and, um, and I'm there. And I forget who was going in that time. Was Scott go, did Scott go in with him or did, Let I don't it in know. A minute. Someone will look it up. Yeah. I don't know who went in. Maybe I did. I don't, I don't fucking know. He, no, we didn't go in together. Mine was, Macho was, was, uh, was with me, with me. But um anyway, so he's, he's in the light because they're taking pictures and you can't see when that light's on. It was almost like how we were uh, Sunday You're on
1: stage. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, you can't fucking see beyond that fucking band of lights. And I just fucking walked through those lights. And that's the first time since, I mean, it's been a couple of years, but I mean, it's the first time we've seen each other. since all this, you know, things back and forth. And I just slowly start walking towards him. And I can see, like, he's just looking at me. You know, and I get, I get, I get close enough where I could have strike, it could have easily have striked him. And, uh, distilled nothing. I put my hand out. I said, congratulations. And we hugged. He was sopping wet. And it was freezing in this room. And he was sopping wet. So I'm thinking to myself, like, in retrospect, like, fuck, like he was, he was in trouble because he had a heart attack like two days later. He did, yeah. You know, and it was just like I was thinking to myself like, fuck, man, I should say, like, dude, are you OK? Because I remember it really stuck with me, man. He was just and it was
1: cold in that room and he was and he was sopping wet. Well, it's a good thing he didn't make a move because that would have been a fucking involuntary manslaughter for you. If, uh, no,
2: I with, his, I
1: with his bad ticker.
2: No, he was. I wasn't going to do. I wasn't I wasn't going to do anything. You know, I wasn't. If gonna he did. Anything. You would have had to defend yourself. He wasn't good. to How tall was
1: he? He wasn't a tall guy. 6'3", maybe? I not That's tall.
2: 6'2"? I don't know. I remember right. the first... I saw him when I was a Mark. I, was, I went down to Joe Lewis, and I saw him, and he was the dingo warrior. Yeah. He was the biggest motherfucking human being in the ring I'd ever seen in my life. He was so fucking was jacked. So jacked, yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't on TV yet. And he worked with Ronnie Garvin. And Garvin did the fucking... It got him down... Like, slammed him and did the garvin stomp all the way around yeah. and then he kind of hulked out of that and fucking you know did the clothesline <laughs> clothesline you know and hit him with a splash
1: you know i'm thinking a whole episode on the garvin stomp next week maybe okay that's just the various times the the, and the wow. effectiveness of the move i think it should be brought back today with today's era of believability um uh, Florida man or Jersey guy. I'm going to give you two headlines, Kev. You're going to tell me which one uh, references the Florida man or the Jersey guy. First one. Music professor finds his Zen jamming with cicadas. Music Florida. professor finds Florida. his Zen jamming with cicadas. Or woman stabs sister with EpiPen because she's allergic to drunks. <sighs> So, you heard cicadas, so you were going Florida. Yeah, then you heard the abject stupidity of the yeah. person in the second one, and that threw you. Yeah. All
2: right. Fuck. I'm going to go. I know you guys have cicadas up in Jersey, so I'm going to go course Ep, Epi, Epi Pen,
1: fucking Florida, cicadas jersey you're far too good at this game kevin uh you're absolutely correct new jersey music professor finds his then jamming with cicadas look at that image folks yeah playing the sax is that tom wait <laughs> it looks like tom waits a little bit circa 1974 right. but tom waits nonetheless right. <clears throat> i'm so ho- I- i'm so horny the crack of dawn better watch out He had the best opening line of a book I ever read. I I don't know if it was an autobiography, but uh, they quoted in a biography. They quoted him as saying, I was born in the backseat of a taxi cab with two days worth of stubble on my face. Um, Let's see this guy. Professor at NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology in Newark. uh, Prepares for a jam session that only comes once every 17 years. It's the return of the brood X cicadas. And uh, he says... Once you hear the sounds of as music, it becomes ever more beautiful and alive. Uh, that so, was hold him. On a second. so this yeah.
2: motherfucker's got 17 years to put that playlist together.
1: Absolutely. And think about what he could charge. It's only going to happen once every 17 years. Wow. It's like a Beatles reunion or something. No it's pun intended. Almost like, it's
2: almost like when they brought the wall back.
1: And oh, here is the Florida woman stabbing her sister. This is in Naples, Florida. Uh, I it did did because Sunny did that too. <laughs> I thought that when I saw the picture. Fucking
2: hell! Yeah, she's, stay the fuck out of Florida, Sonny.
1: Joanna Zielinski. Uh, too
2: late. too, oh, too late.
1: Uh, the ten thirty p.m. on February eleventh. Uh, Zelensky's sisters told officers they'd been drinking together. No kidding. And at some point, she got tired and wanted to go to sleep while Zelensky stayed up to continue drinking. Records show the victim said Zelensky went crazy and attacked her with an EpiPen, stabbing her multiple times, including her th- left thigh where a welt had formed. When asked about the incidents, police say Zelensky replied, I'm allergic to drunks, so I injected her with the EpiPen so she wouldn't be drunk anymore. What's the big deal? Those bush lights will fucking catch up on you. It's creep. A Rheingold action, maybe. <laughs> That's it. Florida natty. Man. Little a Jersey little, woman.
2: A nat- little Natty light.
1: Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Rick Flair. Ooh. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16 time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings!
2: Legendary flavors! World Championship
1: wings! Woo! Woo Wings! Yeah! Woo woo! All right, we're back. Uh, click this Kevin Nash podcast. Sean Oliver. At last, let me get my gear. The bunkhouse stamp. Bunkhouse stampede, baby. Can I? Can, I, can I, I?
2: I? I got my first real six string. Bought it at my five and dime. All of a sudden, five guys showed up in the summer of '92. Do we got any? Uh, I I can't get over this '92 thing. I'm sorry, we're we stuck the, on. You're stuck yeah, on. we got to we got to right. get past the. the we got to hold the bunkhouse for a second. Do, do we have? A, do, do, there we go. There Here it is. is. Looking at me, you'd be forgiven for thinking I'm not your typical victim. I'm a soldier. I'm a father. I'm a seven-time world cha- world heavyweight champion. I'm only six. I'm six, I'm 610, 300 pounds. I'm not seven foot, 320. I thought I could look at, look out for myself in any situation, but in the summer of 92, when I was traveling with Scott Hall, I was raped. That's right. Me too. My point is my attacker, now it is attacker. Then it was later on, it was five black guys. They had to make it a racial thing. My point is my attacker didn't have to overpower me to turn me into a his victim. He just had to sing Coca-Cola Coca, by Barry. Uh, let's see. Here. If I can happen to me, the then enema. yeah. If I, if it can happen to me, then it can happen to you. Kevin Ash, wrestler, actor, but most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, survivor.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning
2: for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial
0: to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
1: right, so where's that from? I don't know. I
2: mean... It- People fucking find all kind of shit to fucking make themselves to jerk, jerk, jerk off to. So if some guy, you know, wanted to Photoshop that and fucking laid back on his bed, went on his laptop and double fisted it and thought about fucking this happening to me. I mean, welcome to your world. It ain't it ain't mine. But I mean, it's a little, little too many inconsistencies. Why would I? I've never ever told people I'm seven feet. So that's like, that's the inconsistency in the piece. Absolutely, everything else is absolutely happened. Absolutely but, true. But, okay. but obviously, it was my do- my seven foot doppelganger was was taking
1: the fucking balls deep. Well, listen, ninety two. Yeah, you. Uh, where were you in ninety two? WWE?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I I was in between. I think I was Vinny Vegas. And I, could, uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> Not to put myself over, yeah, my, I'm a handsome cat. Uh, but,
1: uh, but to, to quote the article, you didn't necessarily have to be overpowered
2: to be. I wasn't it. overpowered, and I, uh, maybe I was drugged. I was going to say you might have that might have been the thirty three, the night of the thirty three. No, that that didn't happen until, like ninety four. Okay, so yeah. I, went, I didn't even take I didn't even take pills in ninety two. So for all the people, I, b- I, answer, I barely I, I didn't drink alcohol. I smoked weed so so somebody got me so fucking stoned on Mexican pressed dirt weed because that's all there was in ninety two
1: you know it was just like, Come on, if you got to do better. eleven bales of it to yeah. feel anything, yeah, so just for anyone asking this this is not a uh that was not a legitimate p s a no okay well, that's but nice. i i I am a survivor. Some far from many other things. Yes. Got out of the clutches of B. author more than once. Oh. But listen, shit can happen on the road, right? I mean, you got, we talked a lot this weekend about the travel because you had a shitty you had a fucking shitty flight home. And what were you delayed? You first delayed an hour when I was with you in the airport. You were delayed an hour and a half. Right. Then you get your connection. And what happens there? So
2: I, I get on that. I never, ever fly American. And, um, but that was the ticket that was bought for me by, uh, the promotion. So I I say fuck it. I just, I'll just fly American, you know? And (laughs) so I get on the second flight. Now it's like 12 o'clock and, uh, there's these two young, uh, I say young, mid thirties, uh, a female and male. Relative. uh, yeah, uh male and, and and female uh flight attendant and they're up in the galley and we're in one of those Canadian regionals those little uh two seats on one side one on the other and first and I'm sitting in the bulkhead aisle and I'm listening to their conversation and I have that fucking bouncer hearing <laughs> that you know from 200 yards away some guy can go fuck you and I said what'd you say? Some listeners to talk and the, the one girl say, like, it's so embarrassing because American knows that we've already timed out. When the next day comes around, like, we're not going to be on that flight. And they just, they just let the people go to the airport. They don't send them a message saying the flight's going to be canceled. And then the next thing you know, you've got this catastrophe and everybody's pissed off. And right now it's just like, I can't get drinks out fast enough. These people and everybody's pissed off. And, and, and I'm just sitting there going, ah, American Airlines, you motherfuckers. So, let so me, they
1: know in advance when they know to cancel a flight. They they,
2: they, they know they they're under they they're understaffed. And they they fucking they just they just basically say fuck you and then just keep delaying, delaying, delaying. I don't know they they're, they're getting like some kind of fucking uh Cut of the fucking, uh, seven dollars, uh, that you pay for a 16, uh, ounce bottle of water at the airport or what the fucking deal is there. But, you know, and then, and then I get, you go in and use the restroom by their baggage claim. Not only does it not have, um, soap. It's got cold water, and then when you go to dry your hands, it's not that there's the the Dyson's not working or there's the paper towels. There's not fucking anywhere that was created to dry your hands except the front of your, your fucking jeans or your shorts. I mean, it was the worst experience. I'm thinking myself like, wow. Which airport? Charlotte? Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte Airport is a fucking shithole. If I had to fly in and out of that thing,
1: no wonder Rick Drake. <laughs> but you're, let's, I want to talk about the, the travel that you guys did back in the day. Mm. The, uh, the click on the road here. Well, give me, give me like your busiest, think to your busiest year. Okay. Think back to your busiest year travel wise. Right. And, Three, three, 323 days. Okay. So what the hell does that week look like? It's,
2: what, what does that 20, what does that 26 day, what does that 26 day run look like? Yeah. I mean, could you be going, uh, we, we've, I've picked up a, I've picked up a town car in Newark and, and have actually gassed it up. And see, because I am OCD and, and all the, all the guys that travel with me will say, you know how it gets when you're in the Northeast in the wintertime. I mean, they're, they're salt and shit and that, that your car turns in. It's just nasty as fuck. It's just like, I'm not afraid to, to, to go get the car washed, vacuumed the whole fucking bit. Like everybody, everybody's at the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to go get the car washed. I'll join you because I, I'm tired. Of getting fucking salt on my leather coat and fucking sitting there with It's like, I'm not doing it. And,
1: uh. But you understand that when you drive for 30 miles out of that hotel, your car is going to be covered with that same residue from the road again. What do you, you wash it at, at, at every, uh. No, it just gets to the point
2: where it, you just can't take it anymore. And it's just like, it's, it's, you're trying to find something that you can normalize because, mm. and the thing is, like people have to realize that this is starting, like I said, starting in Newark. We went as far west as Phoenix. You know, we would drive, like I, I would be Newark to, Montreal, Montreal to Toronto, Toronto, Detroit, Detroit, Chicago, Chicago, St. Louis. You would just boom, boom, boom. And it was like fucking t- two sixty, two ninety every night.
1: Were you and guys here- routed intelligently in that it was shorter distances – um, like, was, was there almost, a logic to the booking of of the f- arenas and the flights?
2: Yeah, because it was it was it was all you know it, it was interstate. like they would they take you from interstate to interstate, major city to major city. But they you know, like, like you would go like um, like Detroit, Cleveland, and then go Erie, and then I don't I can't remember how the cities go, but it's like Rochester, Utica, like they like you go Albany, like you go across. Right. The top, the top of New York. Um, are you driving
1: for some of those? Are these all flights? Oh, fuck. No, there's you.
2: It's you fly in to Newark and you fly out of Newark. So you fucking drive the whole fucking loop. You go from Phoenix to Albuquerque to fucking, uh, El Paso to, uh, Dallas to Houston to Lake Charles
1: to Biloxi to Hold Pensacola so, so you're flown into an airport let's take let's take Phoenix right they fly into Phoenix from Phoenix you're driving this route that you're telling me right now but we're doing it from Newark, because we always came in right, Newark, because we- So you, right, we, so you go to Newark first. Everything,
2: then, everything started in Newark, because that's where the TVs were done, somewhere in the Northeast.
1: I thought it was because that's where Lookers was, but whatever. Yeah, so, same. So you, you start in Newark, then maybe it's so, do,
2: so you do, you're doing three, you're doing three TVs. So you're doing, you're doing raw three hours, because raw was a, a- So you're doing, you're doing 21 days of, of TV. Mm-hmm. You know, to cover that. And then you go out and then you, you work up into and then you get four days off and you come back and you do the next three sets of TVs. And it would be three Raw's, three superstars, and three Wrestling Challenge or whatever the fuck they had, like whatever they were mm-hmm. syndicated. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then you had house shows all throughout.
2: Then then you had fucking twenty
1: two, twenty three uh house shows. Right. So now, schedule-wise, how are you getting the gym and food? Now, this is before you can get on your cell phone and book your next hotel also.
2: Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're driving, hoping, you know, that you can, that you can, uh, find a, and of course, that we're not getting paid dick. So, you're better off staying, you know, outstead. You're not going to go into, you know, uh, a, a major city and look for a, a, a hill center. I mean, you need a... You know, the, the the perfect uh, storm is the bottom floor of a Red Roof Inn where you can fucking dump your shit, like, pull back up to your door and dump your shit into two adjoining rooms. And you got five guys, one guy on a, on a pullout and the other f- four guys on... Uh, double beds, you know, motel sixes, like you're just, cause you're, I mean, you get in at three, four o'clock. They're, they're and I actually texted this the other day, some guy asked me about it. And I said, you fucking basically stay in your room and try to sleep until they fucking threaten police. And then, and then, then the first thing you have to do is you have to get up. You have to, everybody has to shower. And you're going to go get breakfast. Then you're going to go to the gym because it doesn't matter because you're going to put your gear on. So you're already, you just, just fucking put your gear on on a sweaty body. But you have to get somebody in the group or two guys, depending on on, on the stealthness. They've got to go out and steal five towels. So you have towels for the building. So after the match, you can shower. So an arena
1: wouldn't have towels? No, fuck no. No.
2: Wow. I've seen I've seen guys forget towels and, and buddy system you just you I've seen David but I remember one time David by strong motherfucker just grab like a Marriott towel and just tear it in half. Like the long way. And give like half to you know, like or somebody else, you know, that oh fuck, I forgot my towel. Because there's wow. no way you're gonna get in a car for five four four or five hours. And the one thing we would always do, the click was we. I mean, our beer was on ice. We learned that from the Horsemen. You don't fuck around. Like Meaning you want that. You- when you leave the arena, you the last thing you want to do is be in Bridgeport, downtown Bridgeport, looking for fucking looking for twelve packs at fucking eleven twenty five at you know, at night. So you get it before. Yeah, you want to get the fuck. You want to you want to get on the road, and then God forbid. If you haven't had something to eat, and a lot of times it would be like, you get two Wendy's chicken sandwiches, two fucking baked potatoes, and you'd eat the fucking chicken breast and a baked potato at five o'clock, go work and eat the next one. And then every, we had that Ico Pro that Vince put out. We'd be eating them fucking Ico, Pro, free IcoPro Pro bars, Ico Pro fucking protein shakes, which tasted like everything, everything back then. Those, you know, everything. Tasted like shit in those days, and uh that was you know, and because when you get on the road, so you get the one thing you got to do is you got to start taking your gimmicks, and the last thing you want to do is yeah, the last thing you want to do is God forbid if you were to put a meal in your stomach, because that's not going to let your shit kick. It so would,
1: I was able to absorb too much. You mean
2: yeah, because you know, and then I was always the wheel man. I, I always drove.
1: Well, Waltman told me, or you told, one of you was telling me that pizza would kick. Somas. Somas. We all,
2: we, yeah, we always, that was, but sometimes we were getting Mexican somas. So it was just like, I think it was just the batch. Like one day you take three and you were out of your mind. The next day you'd take 133 and you were, you know, like, I don't know. But a slice of pepperoni pizza. But my, my, my personal rule was I would sip on a couple of beers, but most of the times I would get Gatorade after the matches because I had to drive and I would, I did the 50 mile out rule. So once we were 50 miles out from the, from the city, then I'd, I'd, I'd take my gimmicks and, and have a couple of beers because lo and behold at this point, I knew that I'd have to probably put Sean and fucking uh, Scott on a, a luggage cart and uh, and wheel them in, in into the <laughs>
1: into the fucking room. So, so you leave the arena. So let's let's take this slowly. You leave the arena eleven o'clock maybe, right? Later, eleven thirty. Well, because you get a shower and everything. Yeah, right? so you, you guys were on last, so you, midnight. And, you and, had, then, you and then,
2: if Kid was the third match. If 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 Sean Waltman was the third match, we're showered, and then he want he'll walk into the locker room in full fucking wrestling
1: gear at midnight at eleven yeah, o'clock. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like what the
1: starting, fuck? Starting what to get, the- get ready. Yeah,
2: like oh, oh I'm sorry, guys. What were you what were you doing? Like unbelievable. I remember one time man, we were screaming, "Kid, kid, motherfucking kid!" He comes around the corner. He fucking went over the fence in one of the concession things and had like a couple cases of beer that he fucking heisted. And it was just like he came around the corner with us. We're just like, okay, you're good.
1: Acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. You could be late. So you get out at midnight. You get in the car. You're driving. Could be what? Could be three-hour drive? No. Fuck
2: you. I mean, you're you're probably – I would say the average would be four be four hour drive about a four hour drive.
1: So you'll pull into town five, six o'clock in the morning, your next city. With no, no I mean, you, idea where you're staying. Right. Unless you knew a place from years prior, but you've got no reservation. No. You pull in, you find a hotel, you get in. Now when do is that what they start the when do they start the clock on your on your room? Is it is that considered the night before or the next day?
2: Oh yeah. They want you out at eleven. Oh,
1: yeah. But most
2: times, you know, I mean, it, it was, they. you know, we all had the long hair. We looked like, you know, we looked like wrestlers. Yeah. And we'd, we'd, we'd do the whole song and dance. And, you know, the Scott or, or uh, Michaels would pull out their Halliburton full of fucking 8 by 10s And, you know, who do I make this out to if we can stay till 1?
1: So. So you go to sleep right away. Yeah. am coming can, up. If you If you can. And, uh, and you get up midday, you're, you're finding a gym right away. You're, you're having the Food. continental breakfast, I guess. No, right? no, no, you're, you're going to Coco's or Perkins, or
2: Denny's. You know, you're, go, you're going, you're someplace. You're getting 12 bag whites, chicken breast, cause you're eating clean the whole time. Cause I mean, nobody's, yeah. you know, you, you got to look good. Then you got to from there. You go get your tan on, digest your food. So you go to a tanning bed, digest your food, then you go to the gym, take turns dropping a deuce, then go get your workout in. Then from there, you you, you got to pick up food. What time am What time am I at here? By the this, this is This is like all like you got to be at the building usually at six, right? You know, so like you've, you you basically your your day starts around twelve thirty, and you've got to wrap it up and be. At
1: the building at six. So you're getting what, five hours of sleep in the morning? Maybe. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, but I mean, if you, I, I drove, so I mean, like those guys, if I could pass out all the oh, time. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they would, they would pass out. But once, once Hunter joined us, see, Paul, Paul didn't drink. So I would, I would stay up, I, like Paul would drive at night, you know? And I would, uh, or sometimes he would drive the day. We, we would take turns driving either day shift or night shift, depending on what we we're going to do. But once he came along, we, it gave us more, uh, give us more options to, as far as if, we, if, you know, hey, if we were in a cool, a, a good, a good town, like say Nashville, you know, we, we would always stay in Nashville, uh, just a town that had bars or had to, like any place that had like, a row of bars, even Sharif Port, that was kind of a cool town because it had some casino boats and some, you know, like a little bar district and, you know, so.
1: Was it always you, Sean, HBK and Scott, or would you have to split up because of booking? Like maybe.
2: Yeah. Sometimes like, uh, like Jeff Jarrett was always, um, one of the guys that w- would, um, always, if there was a spot, Jeff was, Jeff was always, um, in, um, like, uh, Rad, uh, Spicoli, he would, he would always, if there was a spot in the, in the car, he, him and, uh, Scott were good buds. So Rad would, Rad would, uh, and Aldo, uh, Montoya? Ald- yeah. Aldo yeah. Montoya would, uh,
1: would uh, would come and join us. And so then you would just meet up, leaving from the next city. If your following date had HBK on your card, you'd go. He'd meet yeah. you at the following arena, and then you guys would ride again together. So you get to the arena. You've got your Wendy's grilled chicken gimmicks in the bag. Where's the time for the rats? Now, of course, you were married, but the other guys. Where's the time for the broads here? None. We're thinking about this rock and roll lifestyle. No, it's brutal. It. It's brutal. What about the hotel bar action? By the time you get out of the arena at 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 like twelve at night, you got to go to the next town. You go to the next town. So uh, compare and contrast w, WWE and WCW to me as far as the road schedules and uh, and what that was like.
2: Well. We did nitros and then they added thunders, but at the beginning we just did nitros. So they would fly us in, like I would fly in Sunday night and um, to the, to, there was always a Marriott, whatever city we were doing TV. And then I would get up, have breakfast, and then go to the building. And then they'd have catering, you'd have lunch, and you'd work. And then you would go back to the Marriott. And that was like, that was kind of cool because like they used to show Nitro like back to back. So you could watch the whole Nitro and you could kind of critique it with guys that you were working with or the office guys or whatever. So when you got done with Nitro, then you could go back to the Uh, the Marriott bar and watch Nitro. It would be
1: up on the TV at the bar.
2: And you could, and then it was fucking great because you could put each other over or you could bury some guys. I was going to say. And, uh, yeah. And we just, you know, we drink our beers and, uh, so that was like a, 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 such a different, uh, and it was one of those things where, you know, we, we were kind of a, it, it kind of felt more like, uh, North Dallas 40, kind of a, we were a team, you know, all hanging out drinking beers and Right. shooting shotguns on the hood of a Cadillac at cows.
1: Not a bad advertisement for the women in the bar that you're
2: there and you're,
1: you're Oh, always, on and it,
2: it, it, it once, once fucking, uh once we became pop culture and that interview shit took off, all of a sudden it was just like, you know, we'd go to Miami and they'd state the lows, and there'd be fucking, you know, like super hot broads in
1: a bar. You're different. Um, who, who handled travel for each for each company? It was JJ and WWE, wasn't it? Yeah. And then who, uh, WCW?
2: I think Janie maybe. I don't know who the fuck was. I don't know who, did, who actually Care of, i think janie took care of, of travel
1: of your click members who who was the easiest to travel with who was the most difficult and if you and if you are included in one of those two categories please list
2: yourself no i I've, i i it wouldn't have worked if anybody was i mean you travel with somebody one time and they fuck up. I remember one time where it was me and Scott and we landed, uh, in San Francisco. So I got, at the time they, they had this car. It was a Chrysler LHS. It was kind of a bigger Chrysler and it was, it was kind of, I mean, like a fucking, it was fast and it was comfortable for like me and Scott. It was perfect and we we get to, to to baggage claim and bam bam was there and uh he's like looks over at us he says hey man uh you know can i ride with you guys i don't have like, i don't have a credit card what are you going to tell the guy no fuck you yeah so we're like yeah yeah you know you, got, you know back seats you know back seats open man so we do uh, Cow Palace, and I think we go – we end up on this road trip. I don't know if it's the second day or the third day, but we end up in Sacramento. And then Arco Arena is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh-huh. It's like out out in a field outside of Sacramento. And so we go into this uh seven eleven Circle K, whatever the fuck it is that's out, out by Arco. And we're, and it's kind of in a small neighborhood area, like there's houses and shit. And we walk in there and a, a bunch of, uh, obviously, uh, Latino, uh, gang members walk in with the Pendletons on, and, you know, the, the fucking tatted up and the, the white fucking shirts and the dickies. And, you know, like you, I mean, I, I'm pretty street smart motherfucker. But man, they came in and they didn't show, they fucking, they showed us love. We showed them love, you know, and it was like, and, and they, it, it, were, it got into the, uh, the cooler before us. So I, uh, I said, gentlemen, I said, uh, what, what are you, what are you guys looking at tonight? And they said, well, well, we don't know yet, man. I said, well, uh, do you mind if I pop by you? Cause, uh, me and my boy here, we're going to drink some Miller Light. And one guy says, Oh man, why don't you drink that fucking light beer, man? I said, we, we gotta keep our girlish figures, you know, and Scott chipped in and they fucking, we're just laughing and shit, you know? So we get up to the fucking, and it, it's, it's one of those deals where there like, there's two people checking you out on, there's one on each side of the, of the counter. So we go on the far side and Bam Bam gets his beer and goes to the side across from us. And there's one of the, one of the guys beat us. So we're waiting behind him and guy behind Bam Bam says, yo, man, uh, a tattoo on your head hurt. He says, no, man, you just don't have to be a fucking pussy. You just got to be a man. Oh boy. And I'm like, he says, you're, he, he said, you're a wrestler, dude, right? He goes, no, I, I'm a killer. I'm a serial killer. He says, yeah, what do you kill, motherfucker? Kellogg's? He says, no. And he says he, he uses a, a derogative, uh oh, Latino no. that starts with the S. Oh no. <laughs> and I, I just I I make my I I I can see it so fucking clearly. I'm thinking, wow. Last fucking day of my life. Because yeah. we're with this motherfucker. Right. What are you gonna do? So Guys behind him drop their fucking beer and walk out the door. We pay for ours and we walk out. And I've I've parked. If you were to look at the front of the building, I'm parked. I backed up, so we um, always pull on the side, and then that way when you when you leave, you can just fucking fire straight out because you always you know, trying to get away from Mark's. And, uh, so we walk out and it, 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 the dudes are standing there. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like, even like, I can't even apologize before the guy says, ain't on you, bro. You were nothing but cool. So me and Scott walk around the side of the fucking convenience store. And I stop and turn and I turn, a guy's got a fucking automatic pistol right in, in, in Bam Bam's forehead. And so I fucking had maybe 180. I know I didn't have 200 bucks. I know it was like, a, like, uh, but high, like 180, 190 bucks on me. I said, man, I'll give you 180. He goes, he goes, he goes, no, man, fuck that. And the fucking dude pistol whipped him. Wham! Hit him with the fucking butt of the gun and uh fucking so now bam, bam, like, comes around the corner, and now we're in this car, and I'm thinking like as soon as we pull out, they're gonna fucking Mac ten this fucking this Chrysler right up the so, side, right? yeah. so I back it up as far as I can that there's parking lots, so by the time i you know. I, I, by the time I'm in their firing range, I'm You're at least, going, yeah, I'm at least going 50. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, they'll just spray the back seat. So I take off, and I start fucking wheeling through this fucking uh subdivision. And, f- and fucking Bam Bam goes, slow down. You don't want the cops to pull you over. I said, motherfucker, that's exactly what I want. So finally, we've, we see a, a, a sign for five. I'm almost positive it's five that goes through the middle of there. Uh so it's interstate five and uh we get on it and fucking man <laughs> we're sitting there and and, and and we haven't said a word. And Scott and I haven't looked at each other, and finally Scott and I fucking turn and we look at each other. And Scott says, Pull this motherfucking car over now. So I pull the car over on the side. He turns around and he fucking cuts, I, uh, I, one of the most brilliant promos. You know, like, dude, like, you if, you, if I hear you fucking one more time say you're from Asbury Park, New Jersey and you're street smart and you're this and you're that. He says, you're a fat motherfucker. They got tattoos. He says, fucking, when, when find your, I said, when we get to the next town, you, you, are you, out of this car. You're never going to drive this again. Like, you're fucking, like, you're, you know. As Ving Rhymes would, would tell uh, fucking Bruce Willis, your, your motherfucker, your, your click privileges are motherfucking gone. What did he, say, what did, uh, Bam Bam say in response? He didn't say to anything, man. He just, he, I just like, cause he knew we both wanted to kill him. You know, we both wanted to kill him. It was just, I'm
1: so, I'm super, I mean, I always, I heard, always heard good things about Bam Bam that he, that he was like, quiet, you know, I'm just surprised to hear he got so aggressive and stupid, quite honestly.
2: Yeah. And it's just like,
1: and I had been to Japan with him and
2: like, I just, it was one of those deals. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, how can you be so unstreet savvy? Yeah. yeah. I remember We're another time, I remember sure. another time, you know, is, uh, we left, uh, United Center. And we asked this this fucking guys we're leaving. Hey, where can we get some beer at? And it's me and Luger. And uh, Luger's got like a white polo on, fucking uh, acid-washed jeans, and fucking like uh, Python cowboy boots. You know, tan as fuck. I mean, mm-hmm. jacked, looks like a, a fucking Greek god. I got my long fucking blonde hair. I got a tank top on, fucking shorts and flip-flops. So, we take a couple of turns. We're fucking in, on the south side of fucking Chicago. We're dead in the hood. And it's like fucking training day. And so, Luger says, he goes, what do you think, man? I said, dude, we're fucking NWO fucking Wolfpack. Like, we're going to get a hall pass. We're just going to get some beer. We walked in. Everybody was so fucking cool. And that's the whole thing with, like, if you grow up in Detroit, man, ain't nobody fucking... There ain't no fucking shit that just goes down to go down. It's like if you're disrespectful, man, that's what, like when, when you ain't got nothing but fucking respect in your life, if That's fucking, if you ain't got no fucking job, I mean, the only thing you got is fucking a, another man's respect and you fucking don't give him that respect, that's when you have a fucking problem in life. Mm. Don't respect the fucking man. You'll fucking, you'll pay the price. Show fucking respect. Show some kindness. You know, you're, you're, you're going to be fucking fine.
1: You know, you carry yourself like you belong.
2: Yeah. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. Be a fucking, you know what? Real fucking always fucking appreciates and fucking recognizes real. Always man always recognizes man. You know, nobody wants to fucking, you know, Getting a gun for the no nobody wants to fucking be anybody's Huckleberry. Mm. Nobody wants to fucking I'll be your Huckleberry, motherfucker. Like, no. Everybody just wants to be chill. That's why I, all those gunfighters shot everybody in the back. Right. Ain't nobody gonna fucking go 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 up man on man. Not for no reason. Any
1: of the any of the click guys, maybe maybe they weren't that ridiculous but but any of them have idiosyncrasies that were like oh god this this again like i don't know a, a ritual a, a a need to eat something so specific that you'd have to drive around for a long time to find something
2: never never kid was always crazy because it'd be like fucking you know we go to denny's and everybody be eating egg whites and you know kid be like uh did beef stroganoff you know you're like what it's fucking breakfast i'll have the is it here's Sean Walt, typical Sean Waltman, fucking uh, an order. I'll have the beef stroganoff, uh, three eggs over easy, uh, a root beer float, and coffee. Like what? It's a little schizophrenic, right there. The yeah, thing. just like that. I mean, hey, man, whatever floats your boat. It's life on the road, no doubt.
0: If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. SaveWithConrad.com.
1: All right, back with click this. It's, uh, it's time for your questions. Remember, it's hashtag ask Nash. If you would like to get your question answered, hashtag ask Nash on Twitter, like Dylan McElroy did or McElroy. Uh, what five directors would Kevin currently want to work with as an actor? Let's cut it to three and, um, tell us
2: Tarantino, uh, Scorsese
1: and Eastwood. Very good. Steve McLeod, if you could hang out with Scott Hall one more time, what would you say? What would you guys do? That's a heavy one. Yeah. Dude, I saw a
2: thing on on, on, uh, on YouTube the other day, and it's some fucking guy that's got a, a, a podcast or a show or something. This motherfucker went to Scott's grave. Oh, did he? Oh, what did he showed think? where it was at. Like, I don't know who this fucking guy is. And please find out who this motherfucker is. I mean, it's just like, dude. And he's like, I know this is the place. And he shows a picture of us standing at the grave. And it's like, very, very fucking uncool. So, uh, let me think. If, if, if Scott came back, I think probably he and I would kill that motherfucker.
1: That's exactly. probably what we'd do. Uh, Matt Godfrey, favorite opponent from the click. Uh, and me and my wife named our Husky after you. So you're a dog.
2: Um, you know what? Everyone was so different. Uh, For, for a long time when I, when I, when I first started working, uh, in, in the ring as the diesel bodyguard, uh, diesel would work with, uh, with Sean Waltman earlier in the show and fucking we would tear it down. He was so fucking good and we just had great chemistry and he had, he had like, you know, with all those karate kicks and reverse spins and, you know, and he was just so fast. And we told that David and Goliath story. And a lot of times, man, that motherfucker was hard to follow. Like we give a, a put a good match out there and then fucking, you know, like that that because everybody watched everybody work back then. Nobody yeah. fucking like everybody stood at the curtain. You watched everybody work. Because everybody was police and making sure fucking you better not use any of my shit, motherfucker. But, uh, and then, like, you know, I had, uh, some incredible matches with, with, uh I, did, uh, I thought I had a great match at Hell in a Cell with Triple H. Um, I had great matches with Shawn Michaels, but I had probably my most matches with, with Scott. Yeah. You know? But different, different enough that they were each enjoyable in their own way. Yeah. But, it, but the same psychology and the same, Principles that we all uh cut because that's what, what it was like our doctrine in the car. Like it was a click doctrine. Like this is, yeah, but that's not the way we do it. We do it this way. Like they were, I remember they, they sat and they said, you know, and, and this is nothing against warlord. I think he's a wonderful guy. And, you know, he was in his time when he was fucking super over, that's what fucking he was. That's what a big man did was he fucking didn't sell shit. And he works super strong. And, uh, we've had some great road trips, like when we were both done, like in South Africa, just fucking stealing money from promoters and, uh, you know, just laughing at each other and having a good time. But, um, they just said, like, you know, I remember, I remember Sean and Scott said to me, they said, you know, Kev, you can fucking, you know, you're the biggest guy in the territory because they're fucking testing for roids. So you're the biggest guy in the territory. And You can fucking, you know, you can super fucking like, be super strong guy and fucking the people will shit on your fucking match or you can fucking work strong but bump. And see, what a lot of people don't understand is you can knock me off my feet, but if I get right back on my feet, I'm registering, I'm not selling. If I fucking knock Sean down, he stays down until I come over and pick him up. Mm. So I mean, there's a difference between registering, selling, and so many times, like I learned um, from watching different guys that work super strong. Hanson was a guy that work, would would work super strong. Brody, where the you would get beat up, but the you know the you, you would get knocked back and instead of taking a flat back, your the ropes would keep you up. And right. they might, two or three times they might do that, and boom, boom, boom. And then the, the fourth time they come up to do something, you've gathered yourself enough to cut them off the knee, and then can they maybe do a super kick, spin, catch the super kick, spin it around, close line them down, double down to nine, crawl over cover, one, two, kick out, and now we're going home. Now we're going to go into the finish. And we all had that same psychology. The double downs, uh, a lot of false finishes, and then you know always always try to do the cleanest cleanest fucking uh
1: finish possible
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay max caster for TNT champ did the bigger wrestlers like dusty giant earthquake get hot rats or did they have to settle i have no idea okay lingus what well, what do you suspect was it, was it plentiful enough that there might be something for a a John Tenta at the end of the evening maybe carry a pizza back and and enjoy a young woman's company or i i haven't
2: i mean i can't i if he wanted to get some ass i pray he did
1: okay both of them lingus mafia so this new kevin nash pod is fantastic so now I have to ask Nash when Pam Anderson was brought in for Rumble and Mania, who was up her ass the most, trying to bang her, and do you know if anyone did or rumors of who did allegedly anyone making a play
2: Pam? i I don't know because i was so i was so, I was so busy going down on her. I just kept feeling like. Hard cocks in the back of my head lining up. Behind, yeah, you know, here in the no, I, no. But she was with she was with Tommy during that time. Nobody fucking touched Pam. You know what? The, what is, this is a, a story during that time was I was in the back and she came up to me and she was like like kind of nervous, and she walked up to me. She just said, Uh "Hi, uh, uh, Diesel. Would you do me a favor?" I'm like, "Yeah. What do you, what do you need?" And she goes, "My father's here, and you're his favorite wrestler. Would you come meet him?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And it was like. Like she was just like a, she was a little Labats girl, you know. She was asking a favor for her dad. Yeah. Like she wasn't Bob Wire. She wasn't. You know. She was just. A, she was just. A, and that's what the, people think that like.
1: It's kind of rude, right? Like, yeah, who who was banging her? What, what, well, what? who tried? Because wrestlers can be lecherous. You know this. <laughs>
2: You know what, man? If you fucking got game, you fucking, you're throwing away. You're throwing pussy away. It's harder not to get laid than it is to get laid if you got game. If you can't, I mean, if you got fucking TV time and you can't fucking get laid, fuck. The the, the deal is to fucking pull them to the boat fucking and fucking catch and release. That's the game. No, you could have but then not fucking go through because, you know what? Then, at the end of your fucking life when you're 63 years old, you don't have anybody fucking saying me too to you, motherfucker, because no.
1: So it was the satisfaction knowing that you could have closed the deal. It's an ego
2: trip. When it comes down to it, how many fucking guys are truly romantic?
0: I just want to
2: cuddle. (laughs) Why do you think fucking doggy style is fucking the national fucking pastime? Because fucking you can do American psycho. You can look in the mirror. (laughs) You can fucking. (laughs) Christian Bale.
1: You know, Huey Lewis in the News. (laughs) I made a lot of residual money off that. I had a big DVD life. Tony Swish, uh, one of my old teachers, Mr. Breen, went to high school with you in Trenton and showed me your yearbook photo. What was it like growing up downriver back then? And also, how do you feel about Gibraltar Trade Center closing? I don't know what that is. What is Gibraltar Trade Center?
2: Gibraltar Trade Center was a place that I used to go to. Like, There's there's two of them. There was one in... uh, Taylor, Michigan, and uh, it used to be a it used to be a a furniture store for Joshua Door, and it was you've got an uncle in the furniture business,
1: Joshua Door. You've sung more on this episode than I think you've ever sung in your life. I'd have to ask your wife or your son, but
2: I I don't know. I'm just saying. And the thing was though that they found his body in the trunk of a car. Joshua Dory was fucking gangland murdered, gang style murdered. So that was like, so that building turned into the Gibraltar Trade Center. That big furniture warehouse turned into the Gibraltar Trade Center. I think it, a, a, a chance to sing the jingle, uh, to a, uh, a Detroit legend in the furniture business could, could not go, uh, <laughs> so the, the uh, go on, the, perform. The, yeah. And they had, they had one in, in Mount Clements also. So you could like every six months, you could hit one of them and it give me a fucking free ticket home. I would do a fucking personal appearance. I get to see my mom, get to see my brother and sister hang out in the fucking D.
1: So how about Mr. Breen? Any memories of, of a Breen? I, in high I don't,
2: school? I, I went to, I mean, down river high schools back then, man, they were like fucking, they graduated fucking 1200 kids and shit. Like those are fucking all big class A schools. And it went A B C D, you know, when I was up in up in uh, Michigan. Then
1: I don't know what the fuck it is now. Michael Campbell, with all the Kevin Dunn dunking over the last few days, does Big Kev have any good dunk Dunn stories? And can he do an impression of him? Maybe we could add this to the Jesse. uh, No, I don't. Pat Patterson, Kevin Dunn. He was kind.
2: He was kind of a bitch when I fucking gave my notice.
1: Why specifically him? What did he have to say about it? Uh, and just, why does he have any say? He's directing television. He has nothing to do with uh,
2: no because talent I, I, relations. I, I think you know that. Um,
1: I don't know. He just
2: he he just it was me and Takers. Uh, you know, we're going into Mania, and I had an idea for uh, a deal where I there was a casket at ringside, and we we opened it, and then I fucking. Went backstage, laid in it, and they shot me. And then so it was taped. And so on the television show, I fucking, uh, I, I go up to the casket, I open it, and I pull the thing back, and I see me in it. And it's actually me. And it was my idea. And fucking, he just, like, he just, I went, had to go to Kerwin and get it done. Get it done because Dunn wouldn't do it. Right. And then, so I came back and we were on a, uh, one of those charters. It wasn't the charter from fucking hell or whatever that was. But, uh. You kept your eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even remember that fucking charter. I was sitting next to As soon as that shit broke down on that fatherfucker, I went and sat next to Stephanie and Paul. I so, said, so I'm going, I'm going to go sit in the, uh, non-deposition fucking seats. <laughs> but, uh, so Dunn ended up sitting next to me, and he fucking, like, he, he was, like, kind of snippy with me. And I fucking I said, you know, motherfucker, and I just kind of told him, like, the facts. Like, you're the one that fucking, like, fucking boo-boo faced and act like a fucking bitch. Like, I was fucking a pro. I, I was a pro all the way out. and like, fuck you. And he sat there for a minute, and he fucking, you know, went, well, you know, I guess you're right. My bad. That's my best Kevin Donnelly. We got the
1: impression. Very good. Donnelly, I read a 2015 interview with Kevin Nash where he stated that his goal in life was to find the perfect $20 bottle of wine. Mm. I'd like to ask Nash if he found it yet.
2: I get so close sometimes. Uh, But what happened was with with, uh, Global... uh, I guess climate change, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But, um, with the amount of fires that have, uh, ravaged the wine country, um, the wine prices have just went through, it went through the roof. And to find, you know, try to find a nice Howell Mountain fucking cab that's under 45 bucks and, That's the one thing I will say. is I will not fucking. I I love Snoop, Double G O G, and um, but I will not drink fucking Nineteen Crimes wine. I don't give a fuck if it's if if it's if I'm going to the fucking gallows
1: and it's my last. They have uh, him and and uh, who Martha Stewart. Yeah,
2: I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm not. I would rather fucking uh. Drink ketchup than fucking, than, than shit fucking red wine. So my pa- I'm a big, uh, Orin Swift guy. Orin Swift wines. If that's, that's kind of, you
1: Price know. Price wise, where's that going to put our fans? Orin Swift.
2: Uh, Saldo, maybe 27-ish. Oh. Uh, Papillon, 66, 69. That's a, but I mean, a, you, the, everybody's drinking a bottle of prisoner in their life. And uh, <clears throat> that's like a $42, 44 bottle of wine. All right. I'm going to be drinking tonight. I'm going to be drinking a screw top from Australia called The Boxer. And it's... Uh,
1: Where do you find new wines? Do, do you have a, a like a guy that turns you on to them at a place? Or do you just read about them? When you want to try like an Australian screw top bottle... I'm, I'm, of- I'm blessed. I have a buddy named Dave Driscoll.
2: That um has been in the spirits business, been in the wine business, been, he's he's just he's a master of all trades. I think he's uh up for a job with the fucking Clippers right now, and um, as the team Somalia, What what's the no as fucking like a, a like a somewhere <coughs> where he can get me fucking tickets, oh. I mean like a, a a good job, and um he uh. He always kind of, uh, especially when he was like working in the wine industry, he sent me, there was a, a, a bottle that he sent me and he does, he did like a podcast and we, and uh, this bottle of wine, I, I want to think it was from Santa Clara and it was the, the, the wine was a, uh, the grape was a French grape and it was grown, grown in the side of this, uh, basically this sand basin in Santa Clara and this this, this, uh, vine had to fucking find its way down to the water table. And, um, when it did, it, it took so long that the, 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 the grapes were really small, but they were like, like, oh, they were, I don't know if you know, like, like, like an Amarone or Amarone, uh, fucking Italian wine. Like that I mean it but 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 it, it was the one of the richest, most complex grapes I'd ever fucking tasted in my life, and it was one of the most complex wines I've ever tasted. I took one sip and I said how fucking north of two bills is this? He said two hundred eighty five. I said yes. I mean, that motherfucking, it was the best bottle of wine I've ever tasted in my life. And I, I can't remember what the name of it is. Mm. Somebody out there, if they can, uh, if they know the, uh, cause I'm sure there's only one, there's probably only one fucking wine, uh, being produced out of Santa Clara, out of that region. So.
1: But now the scarcity of that grape, because of the way it was grown, are they still producing? I don't know. In, in I, abundance? I don't know. All right. Well, I, you're probably due to go take a gigantic colon cleansing shit right now because it's been a, a couple hours. So I'm assuming, uh, that's going to happen.
2: I'm going to, I'm having, I'm having grass fed meatloaf tonight.
1: All right. I'm giving you about 45 minutes after that. And then you're, doing yeah. making the deposit. Yeah. Oh, goddamn. You know what? Uh, we can get to the bunkhouse. Stand oh, today. fuck. Remembering.
2: Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. That's, you know what?
1: It's you know what? Next week, CT next week. Next week. Tape those fists. Come at it next week. Click. This is a uh, production of Butch and Sundance Media. Of course produce, produced in association with a podcast Heat. Producer Steve Kaufman. Graphics by Dominic D'Angelo. Title sequence by Wesley Burleson. Theme song Dale Oliver. Technical research by Tristan Nash. Copyright 2022. Butch and Sundance Media. Kev, do you want to do another one?
2: Okay.
1: Gotta do fuck out
0: the Christmas countdowns on at JCPenney through Saturday use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last minute gifts across the store like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon and save up to 50% on comfy stylish outerwear for the whole fam add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick we got your holiday JCPenney offers good on select items through 1224 exclusions apply see store or jcp.com for details